While I'm getting set up, uh, why don't you guys turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read uh, verses 25 to 34. Okay, why don't you stand with me and we'll I'll read this passage today. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, or for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food? Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe, observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to, to you that even Solomon in all his glory did not clothe himself like, the one, like one of these. <coughs> but if God so arranged the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not, will he not much more do so for you, O man of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what will we clothe ourselves? For all these things that the world eagerly seeks, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of itself. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, thank you for your teaching, and um, how it transformed our life. We just pray you can put me aside and all my fleshly flaws, and let your truth um, be portrayed today. Amen. Pray that our hearts can receive your message with joy and, um, and we can search ways in our life that we can apply it and um, share it with uh, the people of the world. In your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Okay. Well, like always, we uh, tend to go backwards a little bit before moving forwards. So um, the first word we see in verse 25 is actually the word for. So it seems to be a substantiation from what was previously said in verse 24. So I'll read 24 really quickly for us. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is a, a good key for us because it, in a sense, categorizes our passage today. So now we can see Jesus is, is actually categorizing it in serving God and serving money. So when we view our passage today, we can look at it through the lens of serving God and serving money. So coming back to 25, we will read here, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink or for your body or what you shall put on. Uh, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? Things. <clears throat> I 
timing there because I didn't have to worry about what I was going to drink. <clears throat> so right away here in 25, we see that Jesus actually understands there's a human struggle that we have. There's a battle in pursuit of security and certainty of our basic survival needs. And there also seems to be a connection between this securing your basic needs and serving money. So this pursuit of security can actually turn into an obsession of the one thing that the world tells us can take care of all of our needs, and that's money. So Jesus understands that there's a real anxiousness, this symptom that comes with this desire to take care of our bodies and feel secure. And this anxiousness can even get to a point when it actually distracts us from the real purpose in which God made us. And Jesus actually proposes a question to get our minds thinking differently. He says, is not life more than food and the body than clothing? So in other words, Jesus is saying, isn't the meaning of our life more important than the things that sustain it? Were we not put on this earth to do more than just pursue food and worry about what clothes we're going to wear? So what is life, then, if it's not about food and clothing? Well, I think Jesus also answers this much further in our passage in verse 33. He says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, our life purpose from this passage can actually be defined as seeking God and his righteousness first. Not seeking food, clothing, and drink. And we can see here that when people are not seeking God's kingdom first, they are left with only one other option, and that's their own kingdom. And they almost get put into a sense of a self-sustaining mode, where they're focused on all, only sustaining themselves. Now, because our passage is through the lens of money and serving money, I want to show you, to start, at least three ways that you can seek after God and His kingdom with your finances. Now, I know there may be more ways, but I'll give you three to start. Number one comes from Philippians 4, verses 15 to 19. You can look this up later. The category is giving to your church, or the person or people that are spiritually investing into you. And in Philippians there, Paul is preaching the gospel there, and, and they are uh, providing for all his needs with their giving. And it actually says that God is a pleasing aroma to God, and he is pleased that they're supporting Paul so that he can continue to minister to them. The second category is taking care of Christian brothers and sisters in need. And I get this from James chapter 2. I'll just read it to you. Uh, verses 14 to 16. He says, What use is it, my brethren, if a man says his faith, he has faith but has no works, can what, what faith can save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need or of daily food, and, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warm, and be filled, and yet you do not even give them what is necessary for their food, what is the use of that? <clears throat> The 
The third category uh, is being known as a generous person. And this comes from 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. I'll quickly read that for you. <clears throat> Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may not take hold of what is life indeed. So using our finances for God's kingdom shows him that you serve his kingdom. Versus on the other hand, building up treasure for our own kingdom here and now. Jesus actually speaks to this a couple verses before our passage. In verse 21, he says, Where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. So where we decide to use our finances and how we progress God's kingdom matters. The second part to the purpose of our life is actually seeking, is the seeking after his righteousness. So 33, when he said, seek his, first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now I see it's, Difficult because there is very little detail in our passage about what that might look like. But I'll give you a, a little punch to what I think it might be. I think Jesus means, another way to phrase it, when he's seeking after his righteousness, is to live in a way that reflects his character. I get this from the fact that if we go from Matthew chapter 5, the beginning of chapter 5, all the way to Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is, throughout this entire time, teaching people how to live a life that loves God. He's redefining the things that they once thought were top priority of their lives to serving God with their character first. <clears throat> So to sum up the purpose of our life from our passage today, it's to seek God's kingdom and righteousness with all areas of your life, including finances. So how does knowing the purpose of our life and help us, how, how does this help us not be anxious about what we're going to drink or eat or clothe our bodies with? Well, verses 26 to 30 tells us. Look at the birds of the air, and they do not sow, neither do they reap nor gather in their barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more? And which of you being anxious, anxious can add a single cubit to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies in the field grow, and they do not toil, nor they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so raised the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not how much more do so for you? What's fascinating about this passage is God is not heavenly father to the birds or the lilies. 
He's only Heavenly Father through His creation that can relate to Him as sons and daughters. Yet, look how He cares for them. Birds and flowers do no work. They have very little importance to any furthering of the kingdom, yet God extends provisional care to them. Notice even in verse 30, God is providing for his creation that is actually even just alive one day and dead the next. So how much more then will he care for us, being sons and daughters of him that he loves and that we can actually love him back? And through these examples, we can have confidence that God can fully take care of our needs and will. If we walk with God in this way, these things that God can provide can be massive evangelistic opportunities for us. This is a huge way for the church to show the power of God and what it's like to be connected to him. Verse 32, for all these things the world eagerly seeks. See, the state of the world is in a constant pursuit and anxiousness to care for their basic needs. Which again leads us back to having to, uh, which again leads us back to then having they, they're left to, but to only serve money to fulfill this need. And us being belong to, belonging to God, we can separate ourselves from this world and show people how much God can provisionally care and love you. He knows we need these things. And what father does not give his children what he knows they need? See, in verse 33, God actually makes a promise of his care. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. See, God knows what we need. And he wants to set us free from the worry and uncertainty of our world. And he wants us, with this freedom, to focus on using our life and our finances to build relationships with people and share his gospel. And not be consumed by serving money and serving ourselves with our basic needs. I'm sure we all have many stories of God's supernaturally active in our life to provide, but I want to share one um, with you, um, with Laura and I. Um, During COVID, um, naturally, like a lot of people, I didn't have an income for many months. Um, Laura and I spent quite a bit of time discussing whether or not how our... uh, giving was going to look, considering I wasn't making any money. Um, So we decided after talking that we would still give. And uh, what was amazing that came out of that was shortly after that we had many uh, small um, gifts of um, just giving. So whether someone actually gave us money. Um, I had a client of mine that um, also loves God completely out of the blue, 
came to my front door and gave me two whole chickens and like four dozen eggs. Like it was amazing. Like things that I, and, and it's not like anybody sees my bank account. No one knew where we were or what our lives were like. But I'm just using it as an example to say, <clears throat> by continuing to be faithful to God, he, it allows him to enter your life and to supernaturally take care of you. And this is important because in that situation, like the world has no answer for this. They are constantly fighting within itself to preserve everything they have here and now. And to them, life is no more than food that sustains it or the clothing that goes on their bodies. See, the world is in a bondage to this anxiousness and pursuit of security. And we can show them that they don't have to be like that. Especially now, in a time where inflation is big, groceries are expensive, gas is expensive, our homes are expensive. People are going to be more inclined to hold on to what they have and seek everything they can to make more. One of the things I was thinking about this morning too, a little bit of a side note that came to me when I was thinking, <clears throat> A common thing I hear a lot in our Christian circles over the years I've been a Christian is this need to have knowledge about the Bible to share or evangelize. <clears throat> and I want to say that you don't need knowledge to live this out. You need to make a choice. And we can make an impact on, on how it affects other people and how we can show that God is alive and active in our lives by the way we live. By choosing differently than the world and showing that the things that the world cares about are not what we care about. And we can use those as springboards to then share the gospel. So God is setting us free from that worry so that we can focus on other people. And before that I give you the lessons for today, I want to remind you of one more thing that Jesus said in our passage. Verse 27, he says, Which of you, being anxious, can add one single cubit to your life? Being anxious adds nothing, not a single inch to the length of your life. So what's the point? Why? Why be anxious for things when we have a perfect God in heaven that knows exactly what you need and wants to provide us. <clears throat> so I know there are many ways of application of this that I did not speak about. And I wanted to leave a lot of that up to you discussion. Um, there, I, I wasn't even sure how much to put in because there's so many different ways to apply this. But I'll give you three lessons and then we can enter discussion about any questions you guys have. Lesson number one. As believers, our purpose is to seek after God and His righteousness. And through that, 
He promises to take care of our basic needs. As believers, our purpose is to seek after God and His righteousness, and through that, He promises to take care of our basic needs. Remember, this, the purpose of taking care of us, one, is because He loves us, and two, it frees us to be able to focus on other people. Lesson number two. Not seeking after God's kingdom can lead to a love of money and a self-focused life. Exactly what the world is currently living under. And if we choose to live this kind of life, we look no different than them. And so when we want to offer them hope, we are the same. We want to live a life that's different so that we can show them that we actually have hope. Our third lesson <clears throat> seeking God's kingdom frees us from the bondage of anxiousness that surrounds the pursuit of our basic needs. Jesus recognizes there's this humanness that comes and this feeling that, that people have around these things. And he's actually telling us we can be freed from this. Again, just one more amazing thing that we could share with people about what it's like to be connected to God. So seeking God's kingdom frees us from the bondage of anxiousness that surrounds the pursuit of our basic needs. 